Please welcome, please welcome, welcome. This is another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast, a podcast where we talk about what makes a business valuable, learn the tips and tactics to increase your company's value that only veteran dealmakers know. And now here's your host, Ed Mysogland. Welcome to another episode of Defenders of Business Value. Um, my name is Ed Mysogland. I'm your host. And today I'm... I'm super excited because I'm interviewing a guy by the name of Charlie Stanton and Charlie, you know, I, I have followed his work. I, I follow him on Twitter. I follow him, you know, he, he, I get his newsletter and he's a business appraiser and he does a lot of estate and gift work. He does a ton of uh, McDonald's of all things. If you ever want to know what a McDonald's is, he's your guy. Um, But one of the things that, prompted me to say, you know what, why don't you come on, on the podcast was that he contributed to a book and the book was, it was called the art of valuation by the appraisal foundation. And one of the things that has been a passion of mine is that helping business owners understand what value is. And so it really resonated me with, with Charlie having contributed to that book is it's really important that you as business owners understand what comprises value in your business and what creates value and how, and all those steps that are necessary in order for you to make a valuable and saleable business. So Charlie has practice or his practice is stand valuation advisors, and I'll have all the, the information in the show notes, but it was a fabulous interview with, with him, such a wealth of knowledge, and I'm certain you'll get tons of value out of it. Well, Charlie, welcome to the show. Hey, Ed, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be on here. Well, it's a delight to have you. And and before you came on, I kind of talked a little bit about you and, and your practice, but I probably didn't do it justice. So why don't you just go ahead and, and start from, you know, just about, you know, your practice, where, who you're serving and where you're serving. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, my company is Stanton Valuation Advisors, and we are a nationally um or provide business valuation nationally. And uh, we offer it to private owners, investors, operators, and we mainly focus on gift and estate tax work, which is typically work where owners are gifting shares of their business to trust or to family members, um, or for whatever succession planning purposes they've come up with. Also do estate work when, you know, the unfortunate matters happen when a business owner dies and that needs to be valued for IRS purposes, but uh, also focus on uh, both buy side and sell side if necessary. Succession planning is something I like to help with owners as well as helping them work on valuation five years or so before they um, want to sell and kind of establishing the value and, and where they think they want it to go to. Um, and uh, also do financial reporting um, at times, ESOPs. Uh, as okay. well, and then, um, but I've worked in a range of industries uh, as well. So I'm kind of I'm kind of a generalist in that sense. Where I've done a lot of healthcare and focus on a lot of McDonald's franchises, but I've done pretty much almost every industry. It feels like nice. So you and I, we were we were brainstorming on <clears throat> on some questions, um, you know, and 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 the audience is predominantly advisors and business owners. You know, it's. Mm. I mean, there's a there's a little sub segment of of buy side, but generally speaking, it's it's owners and their advisors. Um, 
you know, and everybody wants to talk about business valuation. So I guess let, let, why don't we go back to the very beginning on, you know, why appraisers exist at all? Right. Yeah. And I think that's, um, I think a lot of people think the valuation only comes up when you want to sell your business or buy a business. But uh, obviously, valuation is very important because um, the business is usually, for most owners, their largest asset they own. Um, and so from a general standpoint, I think for any business appraiser out there listening, understanding the value of their business is important. And so appraisers exist in the world because you know we can we have the standards the practices the theories to apply valuation uh to a value privately held small businesses right there's no public market for those for those shares so um we exist you know having that expertise in applying valuation theory and we exist because there's a whole other world out there of, for valuation or for appraisers so doing like a we do a lot of gifted estate tax work i mean there's a lot of um, strategies for business owners out there to transfer their interests to the next generation, to other people. And so that's a big part of it. There's also financial reporting. So there's a lot of reasons like uh, even lost profits where business appraisers come in if under marital divorce or litigation type circumstances. Yeah, way back when there was a there was a guy by the name of Rob Slee, and he wrote a uh, a book. I don't know. You, you may be familiar with it. It's called uh, Private Capital Markets. And one of the th one of my biggest takeaways from that book was that, you know, the authority, like, for example, you're talking to estate and gift. Who's the authority? It's the IRS. Right. You know, you know, divorce. It's that judge. Um, you know, you go to sell the business. All right. You know, who who's the adjudicator of 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 that value other than the market? So so when you when you do that and and that's. That's kind of where 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 I'm taking the next question is, you know, why why is it important for the business owner to understand, you know, their valuation is the first thing and and you know, how how do they know they're creating value? Right, right. I think I mean I think that's the biggest kind of point of it all is that um I think one thing that business uh, owners and just anyone in general kind of misunderstand is as a business appraiser, we follow certain standards. And so one of the standards when we look at a business, I'll say, how are we going to value that business? Is it going to be fair market value, fair value, or are we going to look at some sort of strategic value for your business? And so from the buy side people, they're always generally going to be looking at some sort of strategic value. That's usually going to get you the highest mm -hmm. price. But you know, for the IRS, they require fair market value. So that's a different type of uh, appraisal that gets done. It's a willing buyer, willing seller. It's yeah. not the strategic buyer coming in. And so that what that means for the owner is if uh, an appraiser values your business on fair market value, it's not going to maybe be the highest value you can get. But yeah. if you say, hey, I want to look at maybe what a strategic price would be for my business, then we start really looking at transactions and premiums that people pay for businesses like yours and then get give you that kind of range to say, you know, maybe it's worth X, but if you're if you find a strategic acquirer, be able to play you know X plus Y to buy your business from you. And I think that clarity is really important for business owners to understand sort of the every business has a range of values. It's yeah. not just one value for it. No, and, that's a that is such a great point that that 
that you make. And sorry, I have a habit of interrupting the people I bring on. So oh, that's great, I, I do apologize, but you're right. I mean, that, that, that range of value, depending on who the authority is, you know, all those numbers can be right. And, and, and that's what I would, I, I wanted you to talk about next, not only how value is created, but also, you know, how, when, how frequently am I supposed to do this? You know, yeah. um, you know, often, you know, someone shows up with a valuation in, in my office and, you know, it's, you know, they, they, you know, we got divorced two years ago and now we're, we want to sell the business. Here's my appraisal and let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and, you know, and we have the same conversation, <laughs> you know, that's not really what its purpose was, right. but, but anyway, back to, back to what I was, uh, my original question, you know, value is created and how do you know it? And then how frequently do you, do you measure that yeah. value creation? Yeah. So I think, um, I, I think one of the biggest takeaways is that it's, it's kind of funny that value is really created from a really basic formula and it really applies to everything, but it's in for businesses, we would call it economic profit. And what the economic profit is, you take your profit effectively and you subtract out sort of the cost to achieve that profit. So if you raise a million dollars to start your business and all your investors want to get a 10% return on it, well, you've got to at least make that, you know, hundred thousand dollar, you know, income off of that million dollars to at least just break even. Now, people who drive pro who drive value and create value over time are the ones who say, instead of getting a 10% return, I can do a 15% return. So my required cost is 10. And so the difference between the five, 15% and the 10% in theory is what is effectively an economic profit. And that is what's going to drive that value higher. A company that's really good at that is Apple Computers. I'd mm-hmm. argue today probably is close to an 80% return on their capital, you know, and I think uh-huh. their capital is pretty much cheap, you know. Um, yeah. And so it's businesses that um, can take in that capital and then reinvest it and keep growing. And I think um, uh, it's understanding that to grow the business long-term and grow the value long-term, you have to continue to get a return on your investment, you know, the money you're retaining yeah. in the business, reinvesting it and getting a return that exceeds generally your cost of that capital. Now it gets a little hard with businesses because you don't always have an explicit cost. Like your debt would be explicit, right? You owe the bank right. every month, but you know, your equity holders, uh, for small businesses, it's a high return. You know, a public company might say eight or nine percent return is sort of what our equity we want to get. But a small business could be a much higher return requirement just due to the risks associated and the size of that business. And I think um, it's one of those things where, depending on the type of owner you are, if you're looking to grow value, you know, that's something you should be focusing on. If you're an owner that's maybe more of a lifestyle owner, you just kind of want to control your time, get an income, you know. As you know, we all want to grow value, but reinvestment, what it takes to truly grow value might not be, you know, your revenues might grow, yeah. but everything might be keeping up with inflation, you know, so the, the true value of the business really isn't growing, even though revenues might be growing and earnings might be growing, you're not necessarily increasing, you know, value long, you know, the value might yeah. just be continuing with inflation, basically. 
you know, which yeah. is nothing wrong with it. That's your goal. So I think sure. with then the timing for uh, owners, you know, it's, it's what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve, because uh, some people are suggest get one every year, see if values kind of growing every year. And we can, you can structure evaluation where maybe if you want to start gifting, we can do the value in a way where, you know, you can have that valuation, not only tracking value, but for gifting purposes. Um, or in addition, you know, knowing that value, if you want to do a liquidity event, go to a bank and try to do a recapitalization and pull money out if your business has value, you know, yeah. uh, there's just a lot of things that owners can do with it that, um, uh, you know, but it, it depends on how, you know, what they're trying to achieve kind of effectively, you know. Yeah. Well, one of the things that prompted me um, to to not only be a fan, you know, I, I, I'm a fan from the standpoint of, you know, all the credentials, you know, so the ASA, you know, mm -hmm. accredited, you know, senior appraiser, you know, the CBA, you know, the ABV with the Indiana, or Indiana, the uh, CPA Society, you know, it's not, I don't want to say it's not often, but I want to say it's not often that you see a CFA out there doing business value work, you know, right. I, and, you know, I know, you know, I, I, to me, the CFA is probably you know, one of the pinnacles of, you know, command of the, uh, of the domain, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I, the reason I bring this question up is because when someone is looking, you know, it's not often that you see the CFA lopped in together with the other three primary valuation designations. So that's why right. I wanted you to talk about that. So can talk about the CFA and, and, you know, just, the, you know, yeah. What an undertaking that was to get. Yeah, yeah. So the CFA stands for uh, Chartered Financial Analysts, and it's a uh, for for people who don't know, it's an internationally recognized finance designation, and it's a it's coveted in the finance world because it's a grueling three part exam. It's self paced. You basically sign up for it. They send you three thousand pages to read. They say good luck. And we'll see you in a year at the testing site. And all of this is fair game. And, and what it gives you is this massive um, understanding of the finance world. I mean, it covers every single topic in depth uh, about qualitatively and quantitatively of, of pretty much everything in finance. You know, uh, it has emphasis on portfolio management and, you know, business equity analysis. Um, but, uh, to get through each exam, they're only given about once a year. I think they've changed it up since COVID, but when I was taking it, it was once a year, basically. And, uh, if you don't pass, you've got to go back the next year and take it. And so it yeah. weeds out a lot of people who aren't, aren't in interested in it or wanting to pursue it, but it's a, it's a very challenging exam to go through. And so it, it gives the, a really strong financial foundation for anybody. I mean, any financial topic you hear about from a CFA perspective, you're like, you might not be an expert in it, but you you know about it. You have an understanding of it, and you can always reference your textbooks if you need to 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 at least you know handle that kind of issue. But it covers everything yeah. in finance, so um, you know. Well, that's that's a, congratulations! I mean, that Thank is you. that is such a huge undertaking, and 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 so I so like I said, the the point of the question is I yeah. I, I want listeners to, when if they see that designation that is that is a there is that should not exclude. <laughs> exclude yeah. And you're right. That. It's not common in the valuation world. 
there is the ASA, the ABB, and the CBV, CVAs, excuse me. Um, and those are those are great because those you are required to have specific valuation experience to get those. Mm-hmm. And um, all of those, I would suggest for anybody out there, if you are looking to hire an appraiser for something, especially if it's IRS related, you want somebody with that um, background uh, in valuation. I used to have the ABV. I'm actually going for the ASA right now. So um, try to get uh, try to get that within the next year or so. Uh, but all those nice. require valuation and they require people checking to know you actually you actually know what you're doing, so yeah. to speak, you know. Well, and now swinging from 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 the top to the bottom. Now we're we're talking valuation, and you know it seems as though valuation is getting more and more commoditized. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm you know I'm a fan of valuation. I'm I'm not a fan of you know, gosh, the best way to say it, I'm not a fan of of you know the the turn and burn. You know just dumping a bunch of information and, you know, I'll have your appraiser, your appraisal done, you know, it'll cost you 500 bucks. It'll be done in, in, uh, you know, three days or what pick, pick the number. I mean, and so, you know, I, I guess I'm, the reason I, I share that is, is, you know, what's the big difference, you know, and, and, when I talk to people about, you know, let's do some market analysis. Let's see what the market's paying for companies like yours. And, you know, it's like, why is it so, why is it so in depth? Why, why is it costing me so much? And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, kind of the, the commoditization and then, you know, just what, what a true appraisal really is? Yeah. Yeah. I think the commodity, commoditization of the appraisal uh, business, it comes from the idea that you think it's just, hey, let me give you my most recent P&L and a balance sheet. And from that, I want you to tell me what my business is worth. And I'll tell you this, I, I have valued many different businesses, I, hundreds and hundreds of businesses. And I valued, let's go to this, the McDonald's that I valued. Not every McDonald's is the same. So they are all not going to trade at, you know, 0.5 times revenue or some sort of or or 0.8 times, whatever, you know, they're going to trade. I've seen some trade between 0.2 times revenue all the way to 1.3 times revenue. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. a range. And it's and what that gets back to is that an appraiser. Yes, we look at the financials of your business, but we it's the qualitative aspects of that business that are really what we dig into. And those I don't think just get captured right away from looking at the income statement, the balance sheet, because you could be a leader in your industry, you know, and we're not going to just necessarily pick that right up uh, just by saying, oh, let's look at the last 12 months and see, or try to do some sort of forecast, you know, it's plays into, you know, risk and growth and all that. Well, it's funny you say that because one, because I was squabbling with a business owner and and he's saying, well, look, my my earnings margins are so high, you know, I am, you know, I am I'm elite, and now granted, you know, it, it you know it, it wasn't always that, but it was you know in the la- in the last twelve months, and I'm like, well, you know, this may be the outlier, you know, yeah. somebody, you know, let's line up a few years. 
at this. And then we've got something to talk about as far as the eliteness of your business. But, but yeah, that, you know, the, but my, where I'm heading with is that had somebody, you know, put it through the churn and burns, it would, it would have rendered it, to me probably an overstated value. And that company would yeah. never sell, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you, you bring up McDonald's and that kind of segues into my, my next question. So like I'm, I, I, and I don't know, I, I guess what, where I'm going with this, I, I want to know from a, when do you need a generalist versus when do you need a specialist in, in the appraisal world? I'm like, I'm talking to, you know, a woman and she was saying, look, you know, you, you know, I've got all kinds of people in my industry that do valuation work. Why would I, why would I use someone like you? And so I'm just curious to know what, what's your answer to specialization versus, versus, you know, just, you know, a generalist that can use the standards and, and use PAP and develop into a, into a, a, a defensible uh, analysis. Right. I, I think what, um, my answer to that is generalists can offer what well, one is I would think any appraiser, if you're really not sure about the specifics of an industry, they should not take the engagement. If it's well, no, that's you, a standard, right? That that's uh, right. That's use PAP standard. Right. If you're not competent, right. you should. Yeah. Okay. And Keep so going. I think, I think don't right. And so following again, it's a good reason why standards are important uh, for, <laughs> right. for to hire, hire somebody with those qualifications. But I would say, you know, if you're not in it, you know, if you're not really familiar with that industry, I would say, you know, stay away. And I would ask them their familiarity and, and try to gauge them. If you're hiring an appraiser, you know, try, try to get their sense of it. Um, but I think what generalists can bring to the table um, is that they've had exposure to so many industries. And so when you have that exter external sort of experience, I think you can kind of draw from those industries and help build context around the industry we're looking at. Because sometimes it's really, really hard to find somebody who's exact, an appraiser uh, in that exact niche. I did an appraisal mm -hmm. for, I've done a lot of tech companies, but I did one for a company that was a, they basically outsourced um, software engineers to other software companies. And so it was a, it was a hiring business where, you know, if a company had 80 engineers and they needed 10 more just to fill in some gaps for six months. And that's a really, really niche business. I mean, it's almost, there's yeah. no NAICS code for it. There is nothing, you know, there's probably a hundred of those. So you're never going to find somebody who's an expert in that, that yeah. industry, but that is similar uh, with a staffing business. That's really what they are. They're just in a really niche staffing business. And so, I valued plenty of staffing businesses and understanding sort of the economics, the dynamics that drive those, the, the yeah. drive those businesses, you know, I get it. So you didn't like this question, but, and you've, you've never, you said you were never asked it, but what are the common mistakes that uh, business owners, you know, make when, when they're preparing or they're going through the appraisal process? And if you can't answer it, I've got a couple for us. Well, no, actually, I like the question and I'm glad <laughs> I've never been asked it. I think it's a great question. I think, and it gets back to what we were talking about. I think owners uh, tend to try to, they almost commoditize their own business. Like, huh? hey, here's a balance sheet income statement value my business. And I, I want to know everything about your business. You know, I want to yeah. understand 
not only who, who are your customers, who are your suppliers, what are your relationships like with all of them? You know, what are your operations like? You know, who is handling customer complaints? Who's handling all these issues? You know, that gets to key man type issues within the yeah. business. Um, but I want to know everything, you know, with, within you, how, how are you marketing? How are you advertising? What are you doing to differentiate yourself? And so I like to have, you know, hour long, you know, in a perfect world, have hour long management discussions with people, you know, where you, know, you come into some owners and it's like, I don't know, I don't, you know, just tell me what you think it's worth. And I like, you're almost commoditizing yourself, you know, because yeah, that's interesting. I need yeah. to understand uh, you know, if I could look at a range of multiples and I can financially quantify why you're, you know, you should be a, a certain multiple, maybe the high end or the low end, but maybe there's factors in there that, you know, change yeah. that, you know, that maybe mm-hmm. you get a warranted a higher one. Maybe you're the only person in your town that does what you do and nobody else can go there. And for whatever reason, right. you've killed the competition or, you know, and that's, there's a potentially significant value there. And uh, so I think for owners, it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, if someone's appraising your business, give as much info as you can, because I think it's helpful. And if you're an appraiser out there and you're not asking for all that info, then shame on you. So I'll be interested to hear what you said or you think. Well, uh, You know, my my biggest beef is don't try to influence me. Just, (laughs) you know, that just it just rubs me wrong. Um, You know, the the data is the data. And I mean, there's a certain level of subjectivity yeah. that, that, you know, 31 years doing it, I, I have a real, I, you know, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm talking about, but you sitting here telling me, you know, my earning stream is off or, or, you know, and just, just, uh, you know, just arguing, you know, at each step of the way that, you know, you know, more than what you've hired me to to do yeah yeah. and you know and i'm on sell side stuff so i you know i i you know i spend a lot of time and this is kind of going into the next question you know i i spend a lot of time in the market approach looking for data whether it's our own you know we've done 2200 deals or Uh i'm out on the databases looking looking for deals that i can compare and say this is the behavior you know this is the behavior that this this group you know, exhibited toward this type of investment and here's you and here's why you're comparable to it. And I'm going to apply something similar to you. And that's, like I said, the next question was, you know, I, I, I've always said that the income approach is for buyers, you know, don't, don't show, don't show up at my doorstep. If you're selling your business with a, with a, you know, a a discount future earnings or Mm -hmm. capitalization of earnings, I want to see, I'm looking for deals. I want to know, you know, what they're selling for. So that's my, that's my question. You know, do you, do you agree or disagree? Cause you know, I, I'm okay with you if you disagree. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think my thought on that is the, I think you're exactly right. I think the income approach is the, if you're buying a business and you're not doing an income analysis, right. a shame on you. Right. Right. And so I 100%. think you're dead on with that because um, I I see a lot of people, especially like on Twitter, really talking about multiples and oh, right. we can buy this this for an EBITDA multiple. Um, and it's like, are you doing like some sort of full cash flow analysis? Like not only income, but 
working capital investments, CapEx investments. You know, are you going through that whole process? Uh, So, yeah, I would say for anybody who's buying a business, focus on the income approach, then reconcile that back to some sort of whatever the market multiple is, because the market multiple might be too high based on what you think you could probably do with the business. You know, so maybe walk away. Uh, And then I think you're right. I think from a business owner selling it, you know, the cash flow, if you're buying a business, you're going to be a controlling owner now, which means you can make controlling owner adjustments. And so that means you're going to change the cat, probably the expense structure. And so I think focusing from the seller standpoint, right, it's the multiple of trying to figure out, are you a strategic buyer? Are you my competitor? And now you're wiping me off. So Mm. now you can go raise prices 10% on everybody, for instance, you know and wipe out my entire accounting department, you know, now I know your costs have really gone down and you're going to acquire this revenue. Like I know Mm. you could definitely focusing on that multiple side is saying, look, I, I'm not even going to do a DCF for my side. I'm just going to say, look, the multiple, I'm going to have you at the higher end of that range for multiples because I know what you're going to potentially do with the business. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I always felt that, the buyer has different risks. The, you know, the, if you think of the pool of buyers and you, you develop your discount rate or, or your cap rate or whatever, that, that's quantifying risk. And I think each person has, a, you know, has, has what they perceive as you know, the company-specific risk more so you know, if you're doing the buildup or whatever, whatever you're yeah. choosing to do. You and I looking at the same business, probably have different risk tolerances, you know, right, depending right. on our backgrounds and our experience. And that's the only, that, that therein lies. The only reason I, I, I shy away from it is because I don't think, you know, I can, I can say, all right, you know, this is what a normal person would, would do, I guess. But I, but I don't know whether or not, you know, is that kind of over or understated? You know? So anyway, that, that, that was just my take on, on the income approach. Plus, yeah, no, you know. I think, I mean, I think that's a really good, uh, you know, point too, because it is a risk. I mean, business valuations come down to risk and growth right. and, you know, and so those are like two of the major influences and you're right. The risk profile of the, you know, the current owner is going to be different than the buyer and they could be, you know, higher or lower, just depending on who the buyer buyer is. So yeah. you're right. That's gonna that's gonna change value. And that gets back to the point that there are multiple values for a business. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and again, you and and I I failed to mention and you brought it up is the growth. I mean, you and I may, may be looking at the same business and looking entirely different entirely different from growth. So we agree on our earnings, we disagree on our on on our uh on our risk and we disagree on our growth. So two out of the three drivers you know, or the components of value, you know, you and I may differ in how we see the same business. So that that's right uh, again, but at the same time, if I'm a buyer, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am spending all of my life in on that income approach. I don't care what any deal guy or anybody yeah. else has said that business is worth, you know, cause that's where the rubber meets the road. Right. Right. All right. So you're an author too. That's uh, <laughs> so you're you contribute to the art of valuation. So that's I, I got an email and I was like, I had no idea. So let's talk about that. Right. So um, the Appraisal Foundation, uh, which is uh, for the listeners out there, that is a uh, 
basically a group that basically runs, I don't know how else to really say it, but USPAP, right? Which are the, yeah. basically the standards for appraisers. Um, and they're, they're definitely nationally recognized. I can't remember if they're internationally recognized, but they, for every appraiser, uh, real estate, yep. gem and jewelry, um, business valuation, machinery and equipment appraisers, all of them, uh, those standards for those professions fall under, or, you know, use yeah. sort of guides those standards. And so they were coming out with a uh, book uh, called The Art Evaluation. And uh, I submitted an article uh, to be considered for it, uh, focusing on the story uh, in the, the basically the, the story in valuation or how every valuation tells a story. Um, and. I don't know if you had it, if you've gotten it, I'll send you a copy for sure. Uh, if you don't have it, but, uh, the, the, my subject matter basically is focusing on, um, it, I come across a really interesting study, uh, by an author named Kendall Haven, and he studies brain science and storytelling and effectively, which is coming really talked about now, but all of our brains are hardwired for story. Hmm. So if I gave you a bunch of facts, most of the time people are still going to create some sort of story. And I think appraisers approach evaluation saying, I'm, you know, I'm going to be very objective and fact based. Uh, and they're misunderstanding that when someone is reading that report, or if you're communicating that report to your, your client, they're going to read their own story about what you're saying, you know? Yeah. And so it's a, it's a concept of that uh, your your brain, your mind is going to piece together a story. And if something doesn't make sense to your listener or reader, mm-hmm. they're going to fill in gaps or put in their own understanding or whatever to make it make sense to them. And so, uh, uh, so there's, there's like eight essential story elements that you have to tell. And it's like, you have to have a character and you, it's really common storytelling things, sure. but once you hit those eight elements, you know, your brain has sort of digested what it needs to, to fill in a story. And so I think for any appraiser, really anyone doing, especially in valuation, because valuation is a great uh, way to, to trick your, or people could trick themselves in doing yeah. it, right? They tell themselves a really great growth story. You know, yeah. we're the next Amazon of whatever, you know, you're like, oh, we're going to grow, be huge, you know? Sure. Nothing else lines up with that story, you know? I get it. You know, it's it's funny it's funny you say that so we like years ago and and you know i'm saying years but you know it's probably gotta be five seven years ago i would prepare these glorious reports i mean they were just awesome and and you know and i don't know if you've ever handed somebody your appraisal you know they either look at the first page or they look at the last page right and all that work that you did is just evaporate so i appreciate the the storytelling and what what i did was i put right in the in the development of the discount rate i wrote if you read this i will give you a hundred dollars no questions asked. oh i love that and no one (laughs) no one took me up on it for an entire year my (laughs) oh wow so I've so taken, it, I've stealing that from you. No, so so what I did was I changed I changed our format. So now so now I I PowerPoint it and I'm and I say mm. all right basically the same storytelling and I'm I'm so glad that you did this, but the storytelling is like look 
I'm going to go through this, how I, I arrived at the value. And as we go along, I want you to ask as many questions yeah. as you want. So when you leave here, you know exactly what I did and why I did it. And then I'm going to hand you the report and it's going to say the same stuff. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's, I'm glad. Well, I, I think that gets back to, cause uh, you had asked earlier and we kind of touched on it was um, like, what is an appraisal report? And so when you do a full value, there's, there's generally like two types that based yeah. on standards you can kind of do is a full valuation. Then there's like a limited analysis. And right. so for a full valuation, I mean, we're going to do a deep dive into your background, the, the, the economy, your local economy, the industry. We're going to pull benchmarks uh, for companies, compare your business to your benchmarks based on profitability, returns on equity and capital, uh, leverage, liquidity, and take all that information and synthesize that using the income market and cost approaches to develop a value for your business. And um, I think many business owners, it's because one, they, the uh, when they get the reports, they can be voluminous um, yeah, in, sure. in stature. So I don't get them for not wanting to read it, but there's so much information that we we pull from and hopefully appraisers make it relevant. A lot of times appraisers will just dump in all this economic yeah. data and really has no relevance to the business. Uh, but, you know, trying to tie back all these important data points to your business of what's influencing your business, where we think it's going, because there's always the internal view and the external view. And the internal view is, hey, my business is going to be great and it's going to do well. The external view is that uh, you know, maybe today there's war breaking out in the world right. and there's, you know, cyclical de decline in certain industries that are adjacent to your industry. And, you know, maybe other things are happening that we think achieving higher growth might impact your business, for instance. And so we'll always explain everything out in detail. And so yeah. I think to walking people, I try to always walk people through all these kind of key insights. And then yeah, especially the, um, the benchmark analysis, because it's like, you know, I think from an appraiser standpoint, you can offer a lot of good insights for owners to say, you know, you're lacking in this area or something's here. Or your cost structure is just a lot higher than the industry, you know. Uh, sure. What's going on there or, uh, you know, whatever the, the case is, I think appraisers have a good opportunity to sort of offer advice to owners. Yeah, no, that's good. So, so the future of business valuation, um, I mean, what's your crystal ball say? I mean, what, what do you see coming down the pike with, with business appraisal? Um, okay. So the, probably the elephant in the room is uh, AI, you know, I think, and I say that because I think AI is probably going to take over everyone's job at some point to a degree, though. You know, sure. there's going to be parts where it helps. Um, but I think for business appraisals, um, I, I do see more and more of these sort of websites you can go to put in your data, you know, that will spit out a number. Um, anybody who's done that, I would really advise against it because it's not really understanding your business at all. Yeah. Um, and then I think as the industry continues, I think for, I mean, for me, for doing gift and estate work, that will be here forever. And that industry mm -hmm. will do, will, will be around as long as the IRS is around, will be around. Um, and so, uh, but I think uh, for appraisers out there, um, 
you know, understanding that, um, you know, or I guess for business owners is not, you know, that there are going to be easier tools to come out. There might be some sort of AI tools where you can answer some questions, give some data. I I wouldn't doubt seeing that stuff, but I think having a person who can back up what they're saying and why they're saying it and give a a logic and a rationale will always be important. Uh, But I think the industry in general um, is going to have to get to a point where it's not just like you're saying the commoditization, it's, it's offering the advice and then trying to give more, you know, as a consultant to a degree, you know, saying, look, here's what we've come back with. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't do that. They say, I'll, I'll give you your value, right? Three days, 500 right. bucks, got you your value. And what do you really have from that? You know, probably not yeah. a lot. No, I, I get it. And, and that's, you know, I have, you know, Chris, Chris Mercer from Mercer Capital yeah. wrote, wrote a, a pretty, I don't want to say, I don't want to say scathing. That's probably, that's probably overkill. But I mean, some of, some of his thoughts on the future of the profession was was pretty i don't want to say alarming but you know it, i think we're 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 it, it, i i think that people like you are, are getting harder to find you know what i mean mm. that i i don't know if there are as many entrants into the profession as there yeah. as there were yeah. you know yeah but you know and and as we're kind of wrapping up I mean, one of the things that I always thought about was, you know, anybody, if you just do any kind of valuation, at least you're starting to think about value. Yeah. And so I was, I was never, you know, I didn't care whether you went to value adder or whatever that is and, or yeah, business equity right. or whatever. I, at least you're starting to think about it. And, and it gives me the opportunity to say, yeah, you know what, this guy's full of crap or this, this, this online tool is full of crap you know, here's your slider and yeah. you know, just do this and this and this, and it'll give you a great valuation. It's not, it's not like that. I, I think the, the biggest for me, I think it's, it's who's going to translate that. And I think that's what you were talking about with AI that, you know, AI is probably going to help all of us, Yeah. but somebody's going to, you're still going to need somebody to translate. And you can say, all right, AI translate this into, you know, help me understand as if I'm a, a third grader. Yeah, right. I, I don't, I still, you're still going to need somebody with boots on the ground. Yeah. You know, you're still going to need somebody like you. Well, and that's why the, the book that I contributed to, they call it the art evaluation because it, we look at it as an art form. It's not an exact science. And if you're inputting stuff into a website and spit out a number, that makes it feel like it's just this, you know, very basic formulaic process. And although we right. do use a lot of formulas, there are a lot of, uh, qualitative factors that need to be considered and really understanding yeah. the business, understanding the industry to, to give you, you know, a, a reasonable, sensible kind of valuation, especially for whatever mm-hmm. purpose that is. Yeah. So one of the, the, my last question and it has been that way for hundred episodes now is what is the one piece of advice that you would give our listeners that would have the most immediate impact on their business and value? What would it be? Okay. I know you asked that and I love <laughs> that question too. And I've been thinking a lot about that because I listened to you. I've been, a, I've been an original listener of your podcast too. Yeah. So um, uh, I, I love that question. And also I want to say congrats. I don't think I said it, but hundred episodes um, in. So that's a big yeah, deal. Right Good on. job. Thank you. Um, so I would say this, this is, 
I, I've been toying around with what I want to say, um, <laughs> but I would say one of them is this is somewhat, it comes down to risk and growth are huge uh, impacts to value. R- higher risk means generally a lower value, let's say. And I would say, let's focusing on that. One of the big things I come across a lot when I do like succession valuations for business owners is there's so much key man risk in the business. You talk to the owner, they say, I'm the one who uh, handles all the sales. I'm the one who handles all the problems with customers. I'm the one who knows how all the systems work. And uh, I would recommend to any owner is assessing that risk in your business is key man risk and trying to limit that. I know you had the lady on uh, with who did the SOPs for your business, right? you know, and so it's getting simple as getting your SOPs in. It's simple as maybe giving up some control, getting uh, a salesman in there to help this, or maybe it's, it's hiring, you know, maybe an extra, uh, like getting a more of a strategic CFO in there or something to help kind of plan out the business if you feel like you're the one strategizing for the business or something. So there's just a lot of instances where I feel like that is in a small privately held business. That is one of the biggest uh, risk factors that is really hurting the business. Uh, And so streamlining that and getting that off your plate as much as possible, I think is something that actually tremendously helps value. Yeah. You know, and the funny thing is you would think, because that's a that's one of the the I don't want to say the standard ones, but that I mean it's 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 it. There you're you are the business, and you can't be the business and maximize your value. Yeah, you, you can you can get a decent price, but as far as getting the most for your business, I'm not certain you're going to get there. Right. Um. All right. Well, Charlie, where how do we uh, connect with you? Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, so I have a website. Uh, it's www.stantonvalue.com. That's my valuation company. And then I'm uh, pretty active on Twitter. It's at Capital for Value. And then um, I'm also, I am on LinkedIn under my name, Charlie Stanton. I'm not as active on LinkedIn. I don't really use it as much, but I think I, I might. And then um, uh, I also have a, on my Twitter uh, link, I have a, uh, a, a link to a Substack I write for, um, uh, I, I like to look at publicly traded companies as well. I'll talk about that. I think there's a great amount of information to pull from those. Since everything's available, you can. There's a lot to talk about for every type of investor and owner. Um, so you can you can see me on those resources. Okay. And as far as the art of valuation, is that being sold by the Appraisal Foundation or is it on Amazon? It's it's being sold by the Appraisal Foundation on their website. I, okay. need, I you know I'm not sure if it's on Amazon, but okay. the Appraisal Foundation has it on their website. Well, I'll make sure that there is a link to wherever it is. So, Charlie, this, this has been awesome. I I have enjoyed our conversation immensely. Hey, I have too. I thank you very much for having me. This was another episode of the Defenders of Business Value podcast. For more episodes packed with strategies to increase the value of your business, visit DefendersOfBusinessValue.com for show notes, transcripts, and free tools to start you on your journey. Subscribe now so you don't miss any future episodes.